Can you stop a conspiracy from destroying your town? Your small hometown has always been fairly quiet. That is, until plans are revealed to build a huge new mall there. At first, you're as excited as everyone else, but then you overhear a mysterious conversation that makes you suspect that something fishy is going on. The town council is meeting in just a few hours to decide whether to approve the final plans for the mall. Should you go to the police and tell them what you heard? Or would it be better to speak up at the town council meeting yourself? If you go to the police, turn to page 53. If you attend the town council meeting, turn to page 30. Choose carefully. You may have trouble getting either the police or the town council to listen to you. But if you can convince them and your suspicions turn out to be right, you'll be the town hero. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you've had not one but many incredibly daring experiences. You're the star. 11 exciting endings. Choose Your Adventure, Book 137, Scene of the Crime, by Doug Wilhelm, illustrated by Tom Lapadula. Hello, and welcome to Incredibly Daring, a podcast where we read vintage Choose Your Own Adventure books to each other and make generally poor decisions. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. It does have straight up Hardy Boy mystery vibes on the front. Oh, it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully this won't be like Hardy Boy versus the City Planning Commission. <laughs> I believe that's exactly what it's going to be. Yes. Well, I'm hoping that it isn't, because that sounds boring. Warning! Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures that you may have as you try to get to the bottom of a conspiracy brewing in your peaceful hometown. From time to time, as you read along, you'll have a chance to make a choice. Your choice may lead to success or disaster. The adventures you have are the results of your choices. You are responsible because you choose. After you make your decision, follow the instructions to find out what happens to you next. Think carefully before you act. The people you're up against are ruthless, and they'll do almost anything to make sure their plans are carried out. You're the only one who knows what they're up to, but can you stop them? If you try, you'll have to be ready for anything. Bribery, kidnapping, even murder. Good luck. I'm always ready for bribery. Mm-hmm. Summer is almost here, and you've just returned home from a six-week visit with your grandparents. It was a lot of fun, but you're glad to get back to Grantshire, Vermont, your hometown. Grantshire, Vermont. Okay. Mm. It's your hometown. You don't know your own hometown? I do not. <laughs> the morning after you get home, you ride your bike out to the big empty lot at the edge of town. To most folks in Grantshire, it's a raggedy stretch of grass and trees. But you and your friends call it the old ballpark. You know it's hiding places and it's secret trails, and you know the open field where the base paths have been worn through the weedy grass by years of kids playing ball. Your imagination has turned the old lot into the scene from many childhood adventures, from Fenway Park, home of your beloved Boston Red Sox, to the wild jungles of the Amazon. I don't care about the Red Sox at all. <laughs> Shame on you. To a tropical island rich with pirate gold. But when you ride up to the lot, you get a terrible shock. Staring you in the face is a large sign. Coming soon, at this site, Maple Grove Mall, 97 stores. 97, no, hell yeah. No trespassing. 
So nobody can ever go to the mall. <laughs> you can't believe your eyes. You turn your bike around and pedal fast to the office of Hornbeck Real Estate, where your mother works. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to go lodge a complaint. I was like, we've got connections? <laughs> oh, do, 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 do. When you run inside, she's talking on the phone, but when she sees your face, she hangs up immediately. <clears throat> Click. What is it, she asks you. Mom, they're going to bulldoze our ballpark. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I should have told you, she says. Yeah, you should have. But just think, a big indoor mall. You know, your friends are pretty excited about it. You shrug. Yeah, I guess that could be cool. But why do they have to build it on our ballpark? A few blocks away, you find your best friends, Corey and Kate, sitting on Corey's front porch. Corey jumps up and smiles when he sees you. Bye, Mom, I guess. Yeah. Well, thanks for abruptly ending your business call. Thanks for ruining my life. Hey, welcome home. Hi, guys, you say. Did you hear about the new mall? It's going to be great, says Kate. I bet it'll have a big electronics store. And a video arcade. And a record store. And a pizza place, Corey adds. At last, somewhere decent to hang out. I guess so, you say. But I wish they'd picked a different place to build it. Hey, these guys do whatever they want to, wherever they want to, Corey shrugs. <clears throat> it's not safe to get in their way. What? <laughs> it's very filthy. <laughs> Incredibly filthy. What do you mean, you ask? Corey hands you a copy of the Grantshire Observer. The mafia is in town. Mm -hmm. The local weekly newspaper. Read this. You take the paper from him, and the headline catches your eye. It reads, Town Councilman Disappears. Frank Sorrell was Maul's lone opponent. Why didn't you guys send me this while I was at my grandparents' house this summer? God damn it. You scan the article and learn that the Grantshire Town Council is about to decide whether to give the Maple Grove Mall project the go-ahead. The only council member who was against it was Frank Sorrell, a retired New York City police detective. But last week, Sorrell went on a two-day fishing trip, and he hasn't come back. At this point, police do not suspect foul play, the newspaper reports. But the councilman's daughter, New York attorney Andrea Sorrell, is reportedly coming to Grantshire to investigate. You spend the rest of the day thinking about the mall. You wonder if it's possible that the mall developers took Frank Sorrell out of the way. You can't believe that that kind of thing could happen in Grantshire. Later that evening, you head back to Corey's house. You want to talk this over with him. You decide to take the secret shortcut to his yard. You cut through the Grantshire Market's parking lot. The supermarket is closed. You climb a chain-link fence at the back of the lot and then swing onto the overhanging branch of the big old apple tree in Corey's backyard. Wait, he, that, his, his house butts up against the market? Yep. You're about to jump down from the tree into the yard when a long, dark car with its headlights off comes around the back corner of the supermarket. You stop and watch as the car comes to a stop a few feet below your perch. Its motor is running. A moment later, a second car, a battered white sedan, pulls up beside the first car. Wait, Mafia people are meeting outside your best friend's backyard? <laughs> yep. Both cars' lights are off, but both engines remain running. You notice that both cars have radio antennas with odd squiggly things in the middle that look like sections of notebook spiral. You hear a whirr as the dark car's push-button window lowers. The driver of the white car cranks down his window. You can just see his face, and you recognize him as town councilman Art Collins. Collins talks cheerfully in a gravelly voice. 
Trying to better hear, you crawl very slowly out along the tree's lowest branch. You lie very still, hugging the branch as you listen. We're getting close, you hear Colin say. It's all going to pay off. Good, says a man's voice from the dark car, because it has to. Now a hand emerges from the dark car. It holds a thick manila envelope. Councilman Collins takes the envelope and nods. We'll do this one more time, right? Says Collins. The night after the vote, that'll be the big payment. Yes, says the other voice. We'll make the connection in the same way. Collins rolls up his window and drives out of the parking lot. The dark car waits a few minutes, then it leaves too. I have so many questions. Like, does this town have the population to support this mall, or is this going to go under real quick? Does the town have the population to support the bribe that this guy's receiving? And like, is did it have to be unanimous? Was like, did one council member really, was that going to make much of a difference if he voted no and everyone else voted yes? Right. Your mind is racing as you watch the dark car drive away. You almost can't believe what you've just seen and heard. First, a big money development is about to be approved by the town, when suddenly the only person to oppose the project disappears. Now someone in a fancy car passes a thick envelope to a town councilman. You drop from the tree back into the parking lot and look around carefully, but the two cars have left no trace of their meeting. You just watched a payoff, a bribe. You're sure of it. And you were the only witness. You've got to do something, but what? You decide not to talk to anyone, not even Corey, until you figure out what to do. Walking home in the dark, you come up with three possible courses of action. You could go to the Grantshire Observer and tell the editor what you just heard. Or you could find Andrea Sorel, the daughter of the missing councilman. If she's coming up from New York City, she must suspect something too. Or you could round up Corey and Kate. No one knows this town better than the three of you. Maybe you and your friends could solve this mystery on your own, though right now you're not sure how. If you go to the Observer, turn to page 10. If you try to find Andrea Sorel, turn to 28. And if you round up your friends, turn to page 71. Why are we involving ourselves in this in the first place? Because we care about our town, Jeremy. Because we, we don't. We want our raggedy baseball lot to just yeah. ourselves. Our town's going to get a mall. If we cared about our town, we would let our town Have get a mall. A mall going to bring in a ton of business with dirty money yes oh all right <laughs> do we so do we want to hardy boys this up with our friends and not yes. involve adults we don't need to involve adults at okay all. sweet scooby-doo any luck will be kidnapped and killed within three pages <laughs> you Corey, and kate have tackled plenty of problems together in the past yeah you decide to enlist their help with this mystery the next morning you meet them at the old ballpark the, where it says no trespassing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay The three, you sit beneath a clump of birch trees and gaze out at the weedy lot as you tell them the whole story. Are we going to turn ourselves in for breaking the law now? I hope so. (laughs) You're sure about what you heard, Corey asks? Positive. How do you know the guy inside the white car was a town councilman, asked Kate. Because I recognized him, you say. I got a good look at him. It was Collins. I'm sure of it. You know an awful lot about the town council. Yeah. Little children. (laughs) I don't even know who's on my town council now. Mm -hmm. Okay, say something illegal is going on, Corey says. Something illegal is going on. What can we do about it? That's why I told you to, so that you can also be murdered. We can get evidence, you say. Real solid evidence. How, asked Kate. You study your friends. Corey's the quick thinker in your group. These these idiots. I shouldn't have told them shit. (laughs) 
the one you want with you in a tight spot. Kate has a real talent for technology. Oh, we got our tap, we got our hacker. You don't want her with you in a tight spot, though. <laughs> She's a whiz with any gadget she can get her hands on. We can do it, you say, but we need a strategy. So let's think. What do we know so far? Just told them what we know so far. Like, we're seriously the only ones who know what we <laughs> just told them. Yeah. We know one councilman is missing, says Corey. We know Councilman Collins is involved in some sneaky way, says Kate. We know there's been a passing of envelopes. We know there will be one more pass, the big one, you add. Right. We're pretty sure the main guy is the one who drives that long, dark car. We know he met Collins behind the Grantshire Market. And, you add, they said they'd make the connection again in the usual way, which probably means behind the Grantshire Market, says Corey. We could stake it out. Kate looks excited. Why not? If all three of us say we saw them, that'd count for something, right? I guess so, you answer. But Collins said he'd pick up the final payment the night after the vote. How will we know that when that is? We know everyone on the council, but we don't know their agenda. <laughs> Apparently Kate does. Oh. I happen to know, says Kate, that the town council is voting tonight on approving them all. With that one councilman out of the way, it's a cinch they'll give it the go-ahead. How do you happen to know that, you ask? I happen to read the town newspaper, Kate answers. The newspaper, Corey muses. The cursed newspaper! <laughs> that gives me another idea. Hate that fucking newspaper. I would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for those kids. And that newspaper. <laughs> newspaper. <laughs> what is it, you ask? Well, Corey says, wouldn't you like to find out more about Collins and this dark car guy? Maybe we can really get the goods on them. How, asked Kate. We do a story on the mall for the Grantshire Observer, Corey says. That'll let us ask questions about getting, uh, without getting anyone suspicious. But why would the paper let three kids be reporters? Corey grins. Kids in town want to know about this mall, right? So why shouldn't the town paper want a story about the mall from the kids' point of view? It's not a bad idea, says Kate, except for one thing. If these guys pass their final bribe tomorrow night and we don't witness it, we might lose our one big chance to catch them in the act. That's true, I guess, says Corey. He turns to you. What do you think? Should we just stake out the parking lot tomorrow night or try to become investigative reporters? <laughs> if you decide to stake out the parking lot, turn to page 102. If you want to try to become reporters, turn to page 82. Those are some choices. Why are we all necessary for the stakeout? The reporting I get because you can interview more people, but yeah, the stakeout. And what? So we like watch the stakeout. Okay, then what? Well, can I just land on the roof of the car from our tree spot? It is conveniently happening right next to Corey's house. So right. Corey yeah. can just stay there. Yeah. And, and then none of this matters. Those aren't the options that we're given. Do we want to be child reporters or do we want to hang out in a tree and watch people talk? I don't know. I mean, I have a feeling the reporting is going to go on and on. My big concern about the, the, the reporting thing is that it's just too precocious. Right. It seems, it does seem <laughs> like we've done that before. <laughs> so but, all of us in a tree. Yeah, let's, let's, let's stake out. We're going to be a different kind of investigator. <laughs> Let's all hang out in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. All right. Let's go for the stakeout, you say. That seems like our best shot. 
At the appointed time, just before 9 p.m., you, Corey, and Kate meet in Corey's backyard. All the lights Convenient. are still. <laughs> all the lights are still on in the market. You report, but it should be getting ready to close. Let's hope we're lucky and they show up. Kate says, "Not Smart. lucky." Smart, Corey says. I think we should each pick a hiding place that'll get us close enough to see and hear what goes on. I'm just gonna lay in the parking lot in all gray. <laughs> hope they don't see me. The lights went off in the market. Let's get into position. Without another word, all three of you swing up into the apple tree. We may not have much time, you tell your friends. The three of you straddle a low branch of the tree so that you're overlooking the parking lot. There's not much to see down there except a dark green dumpster. Behind it is a pile of large cardboard boxes. One of us should hide in those boxes, you decide. Yuck, says Kate. I'm not going in those slimy Gross. things. cardboard. Ew. Okay, then you get the even tastier choice, you say. Which is? You smile and point to the dumpster. Forget it, Kate says. No conspiracy is worth that. All right, all right, you answer. Kate, you stay up here. Corey, you hide in the boxes. I'll take the dumpster. Okay, let's hustle then, says Corey. The bad guys could arrive any minute. You and Corey drop into the parking lot as Kate slips back into the branches. You arrive at the dumpster nervously. Give me a boost, okay, you whisper to Corey. You place your foot in his cupped hands, push yourself up, and look in. To your dismay, the dumpster is nearly full. Oh well, you sigh. Here goes. You pull yourself over the rim and tumble in. Your sneakers land on something slippery and soft. Yeah. Your left leg is wet. <laughs> Suddenly, you hear a funny beeping sound coming from the parking lot. You peek over the rim of the dumpster. You see a pair of red taillights glowing as a garbage truck backs in. <laughs> Wait, at night at night? Okay. Stunned, you wonder for an instant what to do. If you jump out, the truck may not see you. You could be crushed. The truck is only a few yards away by now. Something moves above the truck, and you see Kate swing down on the branch and drop into the parking lot. She's trying to stop the truck, but it's backing up too fast. The truck's left rear corner smacks her full in the chest. She crumples to the pavement, and the truck keeps backing up. This has gone hilariously what the tits hell up. What is happening? <laughs> Kate, you scream. Hey, stop! But the beeping noise drowns out your voice. Just then, a second figure dashes out from behind the dumpster. It's Corey. He gets hit by the other side of the truck. <laughs> he runs and flings himself up onto the truck's running board and pounds on the driver door. The truck stops. You heave yourself over the rim of the dumpster and drop to the ground. Kate is lying motionless two inches from the truck's huge rear tire. Corey and the driver come running around the truck. They crouch beside you. Kate, you whisper. Kate! There's no answer. The trucker places a large hand gently on your friend's temple. She's got a good pulse. She's breathing okay, but she's out. A good temple pulse. She stands up. I'll radio for the rescue squad. They'll be here in two minutes. She'll be okay. What were you kids doing back here anyway? Nothing. She, she stands up? Kate stands up? Uh, he stands up. Oh, the driver. Did okay. I say she? Yeah. Oh, I meant he. Garbage people can be women, I suppose. I just was confused yeah. whether the garbage driver was a woman or whether yeah. Kate stood up. Oh, you answer. We were just dumpster diving, says Corey. The trucker looks confused. Dumpster Dumpster diving? <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah, says Corey. You know, looking for good stuff. Like food. We're hungry. Feed us. <laughs> oh, great, says the driver as he walks to his cab. This is going to make my job real interesting. 
As the driver radios for help, you look at Corey. Dumpster diving, you say. How do you think of these things? Corey smiles and shrugs. It's a talent, I guess. You shake your head. I guess we don't have much of a talent for crime solving, though. Maybe we should tell the police what you saw, Corey suggests. This is too big for the Grantshire cops, you answer. Tomorrow morning... <laughs> <They're> idiots. <laughs> tomorrow morning, we're going to call the FBI. Corey whistles. Okay, he says, but you do the talking. Don't worry, you say with a smile. You're a bit nervous, but you can't wait to make that call. The end. Okay. That was a spectacularly random choice. I kind of like that. Uh, <laughs> what? I don't even know what to call it. Uh, comedy of errors. <laughs> well, yes, nothing got accomplished in that one. But there was a lot of slapstick going on. I don't know that anything happening in that no. book is consequential. No. <laughs> no. I mean, no, yeah. We chose the least consequential path, I think. Well, like, I mean, the, the most awful thing that has happened in this scenario is that a guy might have died. Right. And I don't know what the end game with the bribing, like, uh, it's like a money laundering mall. I don't really know why we're so upset about that. <laughs> well, we're the, we're the, uh, the 45-year-old child who hates change and doesn't want anything <laughs> yeah. new to happen. We want them all, just not there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked it. I'd be interested to see what the other choices were in that one. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I I don't hate it enough to not recommend it, but I'm very <laughs> meh on the whole thing. Like it, The stakes seem extremely low. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very strange choice for a children's book. Yes. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to get you involved in city council stuff. Yeah. Learn your town councilors and the agendas, children. Here's a thing that you might find interesting. Yeah. Politics. <laughs> and all of the bribery you can do. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Well, if you want to check out more Choose Your Own Adventure stuff, go to CYOA.com. If you want more stuff from us, go to IncrediblyDaring.com. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. The end. <laughs> Way to commit, Jason. Yep. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to remember.